Hi, I'm James Schellinglaw, and today I'm with Catherine Held, who's the co-founder and CEO of Remote Lands. And we've interviewed Catherine uh, before, as she was just reminding me, probably during the pandemic, which was not a good time. And here we are in a much, much better time. And we're going to talk about what Remote Lands, what it does, first of all, uh, how bookings are and what she sees as the trends. And uh, Remote Lands, just to give you a little teaser, is uh, focuses really on Asia travel. And uh, we're going to do that and a whole lot more on Insider Travel Report. Now, Catherine, first of all, it's great to see you again. I see you around trade shows, but we haven't actually gotten together until that last interview a couple of years ago. So uh, remind us first about what Remote Lands is and, and what it focuses on. So we started back in 2005 and we officially opened our doors in 2006 to focus exclusively on high-end Asia travel, including mm -hmm. off the beaten path travel, which is why we named the company Remote Lands. Okay. So that was our concept almost 19 years ago. And people thought we were crazy. Like, why are you focusing on Asia? Nobody goes to Asia. Everybody goes to Europe. Europe. <laughs> so, but, but for Jay Tyndall and I, who had both lived in Hong Kong for many years, Asia was what we knew. Asia right. was what we were passionate about. And so we were at the bleeding edge, but... That's the story of my life. I'm always at the bleeding edge. But now, well, finally, we're at the right place at the right time. No, certainly Asia is back and 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 it, it just recently back in the last year or two. Uh, but let's talk about that, because what, what are the destinations that are trending for your company in uh, 24 and 25? Uh, and and what are travel advisors booking most? So Japan continues to be our number one country. Yeah which is great. We love Japan, but it's all also very difficult during peak seasons. So cherry blossom, festive, I mean, it's it's just crazy. So instead, instead of traveling at those peak seasons, we're recommending travel in May, travel in the fall. And in fact, a lot of people are traveling in what were hitherto off seasons. Mm -hmm. So people never used to travel to Japan in, in the summer because they thought it was too hot and humid. Sure. Now, a lot of people travel then. Um, this past winter, uh, we had a lot of people going skiing in Niseko and then traveling to other parts of Japan. So in the past, People did not travel in the summer or the winter, but now a lot do. And actually, in a lot of ways, that's that's better. No, I would, th I would think it would be. Now, you also offer off the beaten path stuff. So where are they yes. going in Japan? Obviously, they go through Tokyo, but we're, we're I mean, and we know Osaka and, uh, you know, all these incredible destinations. But where where do you kind of put them? Because you do also offer sort of off the beaten track uh, yeah. trips. Yeah, so... Everybody's first trip to Japan is Tokyo, Kyoto, maybe Osaka, maybe Hiroshima. They always ask for that the first time. But now more and more of our clients are going back a second, third, fourth, fifth time. My personal specialty is off the beaten path Japan because I've been dozens and dozens of times, but who's counting? Right. And 
I love going to these rural areas of Japan that are absolutely beautiful. I love going to the little villages. I was just on this remote island called Goto Island, which is off the western coast of Kyushu. And believe me, I was the only Westerner on really? that cool. island. And it was just so cool. And actually that island, this is just one example, that island um, was where the Japanese Christians escaped to because they were persecuted during the samurai times. So wow, the government cool. actually killed them, um, killed Christians. So, um, so they all went to this little island and it's covered with little cute little churches. So. That's, that's, that's very unique, very different. Yeah. And so, so you're, you're saying, and in fact, my, my partner, uh, my business partner, Alan just got back from Japan and he did more of the typical Tokyo, uh, Kyoto, Osaka, uh, just for a quick week. Yeah. He actually won the trip from the Japan national tourist organization. Oh, uh, wow. So, so he, but, uh, but they didn't really give him a guided tour around there. So he's, he's very, came back very enthused about Japan. So it sounds like for your second or third trip is something like what you're suggesting is, is what you should do. Right. Yes. And go to Shikoku, go to, um, Kyushu, like I said, go to, Go to Mount Koya. Uh, Japan is very spiritual. And of course, you probably know that the Japanese are Buddhist, nice. but they're also Shinto at the same time. And Shintoism worships nature. So every rock, every tree, every flower has a spirit, which I think is absolutely beautiful. So they they respect the earth a lot more than um, many other countries do because of the Shintoism yeah, but, and, yeah. Well, in fact, in this era of sustainability and sustainable travel, it sounds like they're a great destination as well. Yes, absolutely. And then there are a lot of pilgrimages that you can do in Japan. So I just did the Kumano Kodo, which is a um, it's about a four day hike and right. it's in, in uh, the south and you hiked between the three important shrines and it, it's absolutely amazing. And this path was carved a thousand years ago and it's a lot of stone steps and you pass little temples and it, it's just so spiritual if you have that side to you. And, and then in Shikoku, you can do the 88 temple pilgrimage, which is similar. It's you're actually circum um ambulating or navigating shikoku island hmm. and then a lot of people are going um up to hokkaido so if you're traveling in the summer hokkaido is your best bet right. or the mountains of nagano because it's much much cooler and it's absolutely beautiful and like i was saying we had a lot of people go skiing this year in hokkaido and a little bit in nagano if you remember the Winter Olympics of 1988 were held in Nagano. Right. And you and I are old enough to remember that very well. Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> um, remember it. But now people are going more to Niseko because it has the driest powder in the world. It's so dry you can't make a snowball. And now there are a lot of really nice accommodations, Michelin star restaurants. And now it's a new for the for skiers. It's a new bragging rights. It used to be, oh, I'm going skiing in Val d'Isère or Chamonix. <laughs> now it's much cooler to say you're going skiing in Japan in Niseko. 
Well, I have a very good friend who has been there many times and he he swears by it. He's a big skier and, and he, you're right. That's one of his bragging rights that he skied a lot uh, back in Nagano. Now, uh, Japan is booming, uh, but there are other countries that are really starting to starting to to, 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 to click a little bit. And one of them is Korea. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Korea's popularity is rising. Is that right? And, and where are people going in Korea? Yeah. So it's it's very interesting because. Again, we started the company 19 years ago, almost. And for our first 14, 15 years, we almost never got a Korea request. Mm -hmm. And then K-pop came along. Oh, God. <laughs> so Psy and BTS and Blackpink. And all of a sudden, I mean, all these young people, you have, you have younger kids. Um, people are obsessed with with k-pop so wow. it's really changed everything and k-drama um as well and then k-beauty so it's all called the k-wave so, oh, wow so k-wave so, has resulted in actually more in your case luxury travel so that's interesting yes yeah so it it really is interesting and the coolness factor, I mean, the Korean government and then these big Korean companies were behind this. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just organically happening the way like the, the Beatles, you know, or some garage band. Um, <laughs> these were big companies that came along and they said, we're going to spend a lot of money and have high production values. And we're going to put our country on the map and create this whole phenomenon. And so a lot of Korean travel is driven by the kids, actually, wow. who say to their parents, I want to go to Korea. And the parents were like, why? <laughs> so... Well, that's, that's that's great, and I, it's a country. Uh, sadly, uh, I have been through uh, Seoul Airport a few times in my life, but have never stopped, and I, I keep wanting to do it. Uh, uh, I've been done a little bit more of Japan, but Korea remains a a bit of an enigma for me, and I definitely want to go one of these days. Now, uh, you have Korea, uh, you have Japan, and apparently, uh, I understand there's finally suddenly new interest in China and places like Tibet. Mm -hmm. Uh, even after four years of literally nobody going there, and it was it's difficult. I was actually supposed to go to Tibet last year, but the uh, the process was a little too involved, and uh, you know I, I I just finally gave up. I didn't have the window I needed to get there because I had some friends who have resorts there, and I was going to go. Uh, but what are you seeing in terms of China and and places around China and even Tibet? Well, before the pandemic and before Japan boomed, everybody went to China back then. Right. So they'd go to Hong Kong and China and Tibet. And we were doing a lot of pan Himalayas. So you'd go from uh, Tibet to, to Nepal, to Bhutan. And that was very cool. But then, of course, it was slowing down even before the pandemic, mm -hmm. just because China was no longer seen as um quite so quite such a uh, desirable place to visit but it's such a huge country i mean you oh, really yeah no it's like you can't say i went to china you know it's like i went to the yeah. united states or i went to europe where you, where did you go you know like... yeah yeah and it's so beautiful that's the thing yeah. people don't realize the physical beauty 
and the roads are amazing and the accommodations are amazing and the trains are amazing and things like yes. that that they do it's a yes. very it's a really getting to be a modern country i saw it at the very beginning of that and now i mean i've been there in about 10 15 years and i really want to go back but it is an amazing place and hopefully this year later this year i'll, I'll get over there but you're seeing an uptick now because of yes this. Finally, finally, yeah. it, it, it took forever, but now, um, and now people are requesting Hong Kong and China. Hong Kong is doing a big tourism push actually, because they're still not nearly. Yeah. I'm supposed to go to some event uh, later this month for Hong Kong. And yeah. of course now the Chinese have actually uh, eased uh, some restrictions on visas and stuff like that. So that, that was a, a good news we had earlier this year. Yeah, well, they were smart to do that because making it very difficult to go into China was not smart. I yeah. mean, not if they want outside tourists and every country needs outside tourists coming in. Well, they weren't, They, you know, the, with COVID and everything else and they weren't too welcoming initially, but now they seem to be back on track and, and the mm -hmm. reverse too, the Chinese travelers coming over here and, and everywhere again. So that's always good news. Now, uh, beyond China and all these things we've talked about, uh, you also offer some, what I would call somewhat exotic trips, not that these aren't exotic, to the stands. Mm -hmm. and, and I looked up what the stands were because I was like, wait, the only one I knew was Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, but there are about <laughs> three more out there. And I don't know if you offer trips to them. I can't even pronounce them. Turk Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, and okay. Kyrgyzstan. Okay. Uh, I have to learn how to pronounce that. But are the why are these popular and uh, and what what are you seeing of people going there? Well, the stands are almost completely unknown to Westerners. Mm -hmm. And they weren't even to me until I went there a few years ago and I found it absolutely fascinating. So people lump them together. So again, they're Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan. Mm -hmm. People lump them together. Say that three times real fast and we'll, we'll give you a prize. <laughs> that, that is it's like, wow. I, I knew, as I said, I knew two of them, but not all of them. Well, you know Kazakhstan because of Borat. <laughs> and also because I have to say, I was at Disneyland or Disney World once, and I met a whole lot of very attractive people walking around. I said, they sort of were at a little Asian looking, and I and they all spoke English. And I'm like, Who, where are you from? They asked me to take a photo. Oh, where are you from? I'm from Kazakhstan. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? How are you here? And they were just very nice. And I'm like, whoa. And I have had friends go to Kazakhstan, actually. So mm -hmm. it's... It's different, not just because of Borat, uh, which is kind of a, uh, right. I don't know if Borat's been a positive for them or not, but it's 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 a it's a kind of a modern country, right? It is very modern. I was just in Almaty, which is the Almaty and Astana are the two big cities. And it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. clean, high rise buildings. It's a very rich country right. because of the oil. If you look on the map, Kazakhstan is massive. The other stands are much smaller, but it's mm -hmm. the oil money and they're very well educated. And you're right. They are very good looking people. No, so, no and really. And then actually uh, the president of Seaborne Cruise Line is is from Uzbekistan, actually. So, okay. that, uh, I, I, so where are you from? She's a wonderful accent and she's a very attractive young woman who is now the president of Seaborne. Oh, and I was like that. That's amazing. So this is this. Is, these are places that we need to go discover. And I guess you yes. have a good way to do that. Right. Yes. Well, Uzbekistan was the center of the world for the arts, astronomy, science. 
and learning with the um, with the madrasas of Samarkand and Bukhara in the 14th and 15th century. So it was a very well-educated place. And that architecture is still there and it is magnificent. So I highly recommend Uzbekistan is uh, for the architecture and the history. Kazakhstan is for um, the, is a little different. It's for the modernity, but it's also beautiful, beautiful mountains. Yeah. Um, Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan also have beautiful scenery and beautiful mountains. And all of these countries are Muslim, of course. Yeah. When the Soviets took over, they brought in vodka. So uh, alcohol is widely served and it's it's more uh, much more moderate than the Middle East. Okay. Yeah, well, I would think so. Yeah, that's it. No, it's that. And you know, we we think of another stand, Afghanistan, which right, right. Is, that's just a mess right now, and and it will continue yeah. to be a mess. But and it's not too far away. But it, this is these are like night and day. These kind of countries versus what we saw over there. Yeah. So the southern um, there's something called the P- Pamir Highway, which is southern Tajikistan going over to Kyrgyzstan, and that borders with Afghanistan. But you can't go over the border. And of course, we don't do Afghanistan or Pakistan, so we only do five stands. Okay, so you, you, do, the, you do the five good ones, not at this point. Uh, although I recently had some interest in Pakistan, so I, I, I had somebody asking me on a trip there. So eh, you know, maybe who knows? Um, now let's let's move over to some place which you know definitely a little more friendly, and 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 these stands are really friendly. Uh, it's interest. You're seeing more interest in the Philippines, right? Well, the Philippines have some of the world's most beautiful white sand beaches, crystal clear blue waters. I mean, it's it's just physically beautiful from a totally different, not mountains, but but beach. And of course, Filipinos all speak English. Um, oh, yeah. If you remember, so the Spanish colonized the Philippines mm-hmm. and then we Americans went over and we said, well, they will help you get out from under the Spanish because they didn't want to be part of Spain. So we went over and helped them. To and become we, part of the United States for a while, if I recall. I know. Well, <laughs> we we turned around and we took them. Yeah, yeah. Really... I, I, I know the history and they know it very well. They're, yes. they're very nice about it, but there's a, they, they said, yeah, well, you took over our country for a while too. But now they yes. have their own, it's all their own and yeah. it's, it is. There's so many islands and so many places. I know I have been there and I was astounded at how beautiful it was and the places you could go to. You mentioned the beaches, but, you know, I went to Manila for a while and then there's I didn't get get halfway through what, what is available in the Philippines. Well, one of my favorite places in the world of physical beauty is the Banaui Rice Terraces up north in Luzon. And this was an area when all those missionaries came in and converted everybody to Catholicism, they couldn't make it to this very hilly area. So it has remained um, animist, in fact, and the tribal people were allowed to continue their culture. But anyway, because of these steep mountains, they had to farm. So they cut these unbelievably beautiful rice terraces in this area called Banaui. And rice terraces, I call them accidental art because they were built out of necessity so Mm -hmm. that they could farm these mountains and survive. 
but they happen to be incredibly beautiful. And these are some of the coolest because they go on and on and on and they're little villages dotted throughout. And yeah, you have to walk distances. The ones in China, they built roads and, and they built um, gondolas, but these are much more untouched. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. And 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 I, I do have to get back there. I've only been there once. Um, you're also seeing uh, interest in things, places like Papua New, New Guinea, I understand, too, right? Yes. Well, it's very wild and wooly, and it's definitely not for anyone or everyone, I should say. It's not for everyone, but for the very intrepid traveler who is willing to rough it a little bit, you don't have to rough it too much. Um, the culture is absolutely fascinating with these tribal people and they they still live very traditional lifestyles in many cases like they have for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's a really, um, really interesting place to go. Yeah, I definitely it's on my list and we'll see if I, you know, go down to Australia and then going up to Papua New Guinea from there. Now, we also have, you know, sort of more traditional uh, Asian destinations that I'm sure you you work with and, and sell like Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, India. How are those places doing? Well, Indochina has been our staple from the right. beginning. Yeah, I know that was our- your original. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to go wrong. Our, we have an office with 30 people in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. So that's like our headquarters in Asia mm-hmm. because it's sort of in the middle. Um, and in all of those countries, as well as in India, the service is excellent. The hotels are excellent. So really good value. Now, India is a bit tougher. For some people, it's one of those places that you either love or hate. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, we're travelers, but for some people, it's just a little bit too rough. (laughs) Yeah, it it is amazing. I've only done it once, but I've been trying to get back ever since. And, and, uh, uh, I only did, uh, uh, you know, Mumbai and Delhi and Agra and, uh, down South and, 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 uh, it was a great trip. Uh, I have been trying to get back there. I was astounded. I mean, yes, there is a lot of poverty and you have to kind of get used to that. Uh, but there's also incredible wealth and uh, that oh, yeah. diversity is is interesting. And, and of course, the history is just awesome, I- incredible. Uh, Cambodia, I've yet to go to and Vietnam. I keep waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. Hopefully that later this year I'm, I'm going to get over there. But I understand and uh, from you and from other folks, it, it's just an amazing destination. Uh, Cam- Cambodia and India. And then, of course, Thailand, I have been to, but not for quite some time. Um, but well, Angkor Wat, you have to go to Angkor Wat. Yeah, everybody says. I'm hoping hoping to do it later this year. I said that last year and somehow I ran out of time. But um, in in terms of seeing that, and that I'm sure you have wonderful programs that uh, take in Angkor Wat and everything else. Now, uh, I understand also that you are you have some partners, you're partners with Aman on some private Mm -hmm. jet trips for 2024. And I think you might even have a little space available. Tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about those trips. So back in 2013, I got a call from Amon and they said, we see what some other companies are doing. Mm -hmm. And with their private jet trips, we should have our own private jet trips, but much smaller, Mm -hmm. not 80 people, but 16 people. Right. Um, No buses. It should all be private cars. And they said, we need somebody to partner with to actually operate them and and provide the jet. 
So that's what we've been doing. We um, launched our first in 2015 mm-hmm. and um, we've been going gangbusters ever since. So we started with the eight Amans in China, Bhutan, India, Sri Lanka. Okay. And that's not, that not was, a bad trip. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very cool. And and that was so successful. All those people said, oh, I want to do another trip. So we created a Southeast Asia to Tokyo trip. And then that was so successful. And then we started um, adding Europe and uh, Morocco. So now we also do the grandest tour, which is Tokyo to uh, to Greece. And we do Kyoto. That, that's a lot of Amans. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I assume we, you're, you're always staying in Amans, right? Yes. And okay. so it's seven different countries for that one. Then we do Kyoto to Marrakesh, which is Kyoto, Philippines, um, Bali, Java. Um, gosh, I have to look well, at it. And you can and now, now you could even do New York since they have one here, but that's another story. Uh, you know, cause it, yeah, they, they, they're expanding. They I, I actually interviewed them at ILTM and, and wow, they're just growing immensely and they have beautiful properties. I, I've, I've visited many times. Uh, the, the, the one I in, 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 uh, Beijing is the summer palace is yeah. like a summer palace. Uh, yeah. you can't go wrong, but to put them all together, like you have, uh, with these private jet, uh, more, much more private jets, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like a wonderful trip, but you said you still have some availability there. So on grandest uh, in April, we still have two spaces left. So we two spaces. All right, got right. got to sign up with got to sign up with Catherine now because uh, <laughs> it, it ain't going to go very. We're 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 in February now, um, so that's fantastic. That sounds like a, such a wonderful trip. Now, overall, what's your kind of best advice for planning trips to Asia? Um, you know, this year and in actually going into the festive season too. Well, first of all, book early. To avoid disappointment. So you really have to get in early these days. The the days of last minute, um, well, you can try to go last minute, but then if you don't get what you want, (laughs) don't be disappointed. Um, And when you talk about festive, expect prices to be double or triple what they are Mm -hmm. in the off season. And, And people are shocked, but that's the way it is in Europe. I mean, Europe, of course, everywhere. Yeah. Although, you know, we thought, you know, when a, a lot of places in Asia, like China and, and Japan reopened and, you know, suddenly we had this onslaught into Japan It became one of the top destinations last year. Um, and now we're starting to see other destinations kind of catch up with it. Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, everybody wants to go back to these places that they if they had been there before. Uh, they want to go back now because now that they have reopened in the past couple of years. Uh, but yeah, but just like like Europe, you can find you can find places as long as you also, as you mentioned earlier, if you do a little more off the beaten path, uh, a little more, you know, finding new places to go to within the countries that you visited before. Right. Yes. And just going off the beaten path um, does give you a lot more options. Absolutely. Now, is there anything else you want to tell our 126,000 travel advisors about remote lands and about Asia today? Well, we're preferred suppliers to Virtuoso, Internova Select, Serendipians, and then all the individual um, groups like global, like uh, GTC yeah. um, and many others. So we work 
very closely with the top travel advisors in the US and all around the world. And between our offices, we're in New York and Bangkok, um, we're 24 seven. So we okay. have 18 people here in our office in New York. We have 30 people in our operations office um, in Bangkok. We have a country manager in each country and then teams of top guides and drivers that we work with all the time. And we we know they're really good. Um, we've been in business almost 19 years. Okay. Um, our advisor partners come back to us over and over and over. And we really appreciate that. But we have very close friends um, who are our advisor partners and um, or I should say they become friends over the years yeah, and no. really value them. So it's, 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 it's really nice. And the travel industry is so wonderful. It's just, um, we feel so fortunate. I feel so fortunate that I found my calling in life right. in travel because I was in tech for 15 years before. Yeah, all these people reform techies and finance people and they find travel and they, oh my God, I, this is like a, a revelation, right? You know, that, that you can actually do this for a living, right? Yes. Well, it's, um, it's really nice to be part of this community and to have so many friends. It's so welcoming. I have friends like in the fashion business and they tell me that it's so cutthroat. Everybody hates <laughs> everybody. There, there are no friendships, but in travel, I find it totally different. It is. And you can be friends with your competitors and, you know, travel advisors can be friends with other travel advisors and with different tour operators. And uh, it's a, it's a much more of a community and it's a welcoming community. And, and I've been happy to be part of it for the past 32 years. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy that I, I, I suddenly figured out that uh, uh, travel was much better to cover for journalism than uh, law. So uh -huh. uh, that that was like should have been a no brainer right away, but uh, you're absolutely right to find this community is incredible. Now, where can travel advisors go? Your website, things like that, to find out more about remote lands. Yes, and on virtuoso.com, um, we have over 500 itineraries, and but they're really just sample itineraries because everything is bespoke. Um, you call us and. We will, you tell us about your clients' interests, needs, passions, and then we work together to design the perfect itinerary. Right. So, so otherwise your URL is like what, uh, remotelands.com, right? Yes, yes. Perfect, thank you. Well, that was, uh, it's great to speak with you now in such a more positive uh, time uh, for travel. Uh, when we last spoke, it was during the pandemic and we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. A lot of your destinations were closed off. Uh, you know, China certainly was, Japan was, um, you know, there was, were some that were still going, but, and now you're booming. And it's, it's so wonderful to hear that remote lands is doing so well. And, and as you know, the entire industry is doing well, but we, we keep worrying about the next, you know, big, uh, danger in the in the future but uh let's cross our fingers we're not going to have to face that for a while uh again catherine thank you so much for spending some time with us uh and then uh, next time we'll see it we'll do it in person and i'm sure i'll see you because i know we we frequent the same conferences uh so we'll see you very soon all right thank you so much james that was wonderful i always love talking to you and 
um, we always have these lively conversations. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we'll have a drink next time at the next conference. We'll see you soon. For sure. And I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.